All right, welcome to another PressX podcast, pressx.com.au, podcast number 16. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a while. So, uh, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Jump on pressx.com.au, check us out on Facebook and all that sort of places. I'm Nick. And I'm Ben. And we're missing Kurt today, so it's just the duo. Back again. Back again after after one of the most enjoyable podcasts we've had. Yeah. It's been a while since it's been just us, but I think it's finally time. Finally time to get another one of these duos out. So um, that was a wonderful heavy metal rendition of the Skyrim theme song. Yeah, I found that on YouTube this week. Thought it was pretty cool. I think the artist was called Dragonborn or something. Like I think that. the song is called Dragonborn. Uh, the song's called Dragonborn. Um, yeah, the right. artist is S Beast or Speast. I don't know how you pronounce it, but I'm the Speast. Yeah, there was some cool remixes. There was a chick who did a like a folk song rendition. Yeah, there's been a couple of that. It's called piano remixes and things like that. Yeah, it's a cool, song. It's a cool song. It's pretty clever the way they do that. I've, I've Never got around to it, but... Never got around to remixing it? Well, you know, because I'd just put everyone to shame if I bothered. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Try to try to keep it on the down low. You, you can do it now if you're uh, feeling up to it. Do a bit of... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just really bad. Uh, that probably sounded more like uh, parts of the Caribbean of what I was thinking. It yeah, the, like. it does weirdly sound a little uh, similar. Yeah, it's got a bit of the pirates about it, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway, all right, so um, we're just having a look at setting up the cloud saving for the Xbox 360, which is should be pretty interesting. Yeah, well, it's one of those things that PlayStation's had for a little while, and now the new Xbox uh, dashboard update just came out this week, mm. officially. Uh, me and Kurt have been in the preview program for a little while, so we've been able to experiment with it and uh, check out some of those new features. That's the biggest feature, basically, of this update so far. Yeah, is that can... like, besides visual and things like that. Yeah, it looks a bit nicer. As we mentioned, it's kind of looks more like the Windows Phone layout and that kind of thing. Which I did. I always like the look of the Windows Phone layout. So I mean, we're, we're just looking at it now to have a look at what to do. It looks like um, I went over and I was at Kurt's last night playing Call of Duty. And the thing was, I can't use my own profile because I hadn't signed in on my own profile. And I'm wondering whether if I've got my save file in the cloud storage, I can sign on, grab my save file, and then we can play on the same screen and I can use my saved inventory choices i think that theoretically should be the way it works yeah um, so I, I haven't been able to fully test it yet i tried copying gears of war 3 to the cloud and it just wouldn't let me but i've had the problem before copying to memory cards and stuff and i think the way it works is it kind of just acts like another memory card but online and so you might be able to move the save rather than copying it i don't know if that makes any difference when you're actually loading the game on your console like maybe it takes longer to Load, I don't know, like if you want to save the game in the saves on the cloud, does it take longer to save or anything like that? Mm. I haven't, haven't fully checked that out yet. But I'm wondering whether the, supposedly your gamertag roams now. Yeah, so before you had to recover the gamertag and if you ever wanted to play on a different console and you didn't copy it to memory card. Yeah, because I find I don't, I don't use a memory card, I just walk. Yeah, it would just I take... just not play, I just play on someone else's or I play as a guest. Exactly, which... That way you don't get to earn achievements or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it can be a pain in the ass, especially like last night, where it would have been nice to continue to earn some skill points with the game I was playing, but I'm sitting there getting getting decent kills and it's not working towards anything. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, theoretically you can just log in on any console now and it should uh, be more like the PlayStation 3 where you can just kind of sign in and your account is there for you. Yeah. Which I really like that. Hopefully it works as well as they made it seem like. But well, we could try it on this one if we want to try logging me in on here. Yeah, true. We can do that. Also, um, one of the things I found out—I don't know whether you could do it on the other one—but you can view your rep and how people have rated you online. Oh, okay. Which is something I hadn't seen. Now we're going to look at mine, and I don't understand how mine is this bad. So apparently, only thirty percent have preferred you or didn't even submit a review about me and 70% of people I play with submit a negative review towards me. Yeah, that that, gives, that seems a little off. Yeah, because I assume most people don't even uh, acknowledge the rep. Yeah, exactly. And it says to you, like, like, prefer you or didn't submit a review. So they're saying 30% of people don't interact with me at all. Yeah. Whereas 70% do. I think that... Everyone hates I think, you. I think that that uh, didn't submit a review isn't correct. No. Nah. It, it's 30% that submit reviews were positive and 70% that submit reviews are negative. And apparently I trash talk 11 times. I don't think I've used communication without <laughs> being in a private party since I've got the Xbox. Well, I think one of the things is if people are actually reviewing you, it's more likely because... They're annoyed at you? Yeah. So it's 
pretty unlikely if someone has a good game with you that they bother to go in and be like, oh yeah, this guy's awesome. It's more likely that you really piss people off and then they give you the thumbs down. Yeah, yeah. But, so apparently I'm, I'm sporting, I think, because I'm very good at what I do. Yeah, they're just That's jealous. That's what I blame. Just jealous. Amazing game. Quitting early because, you know, they were obviously putting me down or something like that, taking, taking well-earned kills off me, so I left. Yeah, well, I think uh, quitting early is probably the biggest thing if you're about to lose people just turn off the console so I guess the rep is to try and stop that a little bit yeah but, I don't uh, think it matters yeah I don't I don't think it makes a huge difference I, I think Halo automatically knew if you quit early didn't it and you, you lose oh. respect points and things like that yeah like I've that, seen yeah. that in a couple of games I'm sure yeah. um, it's not a bad idea but it is a bit annoying if it's not your fault like your internet connection drops out or something like that and then you automatically lose points just mm. you know because of that so we might try i'll just hand the, con the control over to ben and see if he wants to sign in and see how it works because it'd be interesting to see it might make life a little bit easier yeah so it's now it's like a new download profile option which uh last time it used to take like at least 20 minutes sometimes yeah. even more and especially if you had like the for us, with playing games like Rock Band, you got hundred songs to download, so it could be a pain in the ass. But well, I, I don't even think it bothers about downloading the individual content. Oh, it doesn't, not the songs, but it has to download your uh, DRM for it. Yeah, and sure. if you got like I've got 100, 180 songs or something like that, uh, or one hundred eighty download files because there's been a few that were full things. That's a lot of DRM to download, even though they're small. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully this goes quicker, and uh, hopefully I've also remembered my password. Alright, so it looks like it's downloading now. Um, and so maybe it's a case of you can sign in here anytime you want as long as you put in your password. That would be good. So I've got I've now downloaded your profile and when you go home and use it, it doesn't take it away? Yeah. So on the PlayStation 3, that's how it works. Yeah. And I've done that at a friend's house where all you have to do is basically use your email address or whatever to log in and you're playing and earning trophies and mm. you can download your games to that console and then as soon as you leave and come back it's all there for you waiting yeah um so that was always frustrating that they kind of i understand why they did it on the xbox is to try and avoid people just downloading their account to a whole bunch of different consoles right. and just using those games like so to save people from rebuying the games for themselves mm. it'll be it'll be awkward if now i can sign in under your account anytime well, i assume if you have the option of remembering your password or not. I assume it won't automatically just give me... Well, because it didn't ask for your password then, did it? Yeah, yeah, it did. Oh, it did and you put it in. Okay, yeah, all right, that sounds good. Yeah, so it looks like it's downloading a lot quicker. It's maybe going to take about two minutes or so. Yes, which, that's all right. Yeah, it's be much more manageable than... Well, certainly, especially if, you, if you're having a, you know, you're going to a friend's place, you're like, why don't we play? Okay, do, 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 done. Yeah, and certainly my account, I've had the Xbox since launch, so it's got six years of information and yeah. <laughs> achievements and stuff to download so exactly. most people probably well you, compared to some people you see with you know I, 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 so many people have like that 90 plus 90,000 plus yeah well it's, it's, I, it's a lot people I guess the people that you see online are more likely to be the ones that are playing a lot there's well, actually, the, I, th I think the ones that you see online playing Halo or playing Call of Duty online generally have quite low scores because they only play those games online. Yeah, that's true too. But it seems like the ones that are that, that play a wide array of games and don't spend as much time in multiplayer usually have a lot higher score. Yeah, well, I like to play a whole uh, variety of games, so I've got a pretty high gamer score, but I've also been going at it for six years. Adds up eventually. Okay, so now okay, it's, cool. it's finally signed in and it's found my account looks like my five-star rep is there. and uh, a five-star rep too, for some reason. I'll, I'll have to check out my information. Um, and yeah, it says, remember password. You can tick it uh, or not. And yeah, it looks like everything's working quite well. It seems pretty clever. Seems like it's a, uh, a good way of going about it. Oh! oh! Killing Nick in this one. 80% preferred me and 20% avoided me. Well, I mean, you, you, do you play online? Much? Nah, hardly ever. Yeah, you... I think if you if you spend any time playing like Battlefield or, or or Modern Warfare online, you're likely to have people disapprove of uh, of your winning techniques. All I'm saying is eighty percent versus thirty three percent. Yeah, I, I play a lot of hardcore too, so there might be a lot of team killing involved. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why people get very very angry. But uh, overall, are you liking the new dash? Well, I do like it. I'm a fan. Yeah, it's, usually I think it looks quite good. Yeah, it's a bit cleaner. There, I know people were complaining that there's um, a few too many advertisements on it, which I guess that's kind of always been the thing with 
Xbox dashboard. Yeah, actually, if you, you, you're right that as much as the home section is straight up ads now, uh, TV section is an ad for yeah. watching TV on there. Video section is an ad for videos on there, as well as Foxtel Demand, which seems to be the predominant feature on the Australian one, at least. And then, um, like the game market and things like that, are just you know, of course, they're like that. But it seems like Foxtel on the 360 is their prime focus for certainly uh, Australian. The Foxtel thing, it seems interesting, but it just seems too expensive for what they're offering because, first of all, you have to have a decent internet connection to be able to stream mm. those uh, shows in high def. Hopefully it's okay for most people that are actually playing online, but uh, then to pay for a full package of channels yeah. is too expensive because even though it might be cheaper than having to pay for the box and all that, would be a Plus lot you're nicer. streaming online. Yeah, because it seems like the advantage of this is that maybe you would give them the option of just saying, oh yeah, here's two channels that you can get and you can pay $5 for two channels or something instead of having to pay, you know, $20, $30 for like 30 channels that you're not going to watch. Yep. So, uh, I don't know, it's a nice idea, but I haven't really used it. I'm looking forward to being able to do the uh, iView, which is the ABC channel that's coming and I think SBS On Demand is coming and Channel 7 as well. So there's yes. a few of those other TV apps that are coming later this month. And again, the PS3's already got iView and Channel 7 and they work quite nicely, but mm. yeah, apparently right. uh, the Xbox is integrating it a bit more differently. Yeah, yeah. I've found that when using it on the, the PS, it's almost like you're viewing their website. Yeah. So, which is a bit of a pain in the ass, whereas I think maybe the Xbox, you better flick around with the, uh, uh, more intuitively without using what is basically a mouse on a screen. That's what I'm hoping, because I know they did that for Netflix and things in America, and again, the Foxtel app seems to be more like that, so sure. yeah, hopefully better. Yeah, that's supposed to be out later this month, so it'll be interesting, because uh, it's good being able to catch up on all those shows without recording them or... Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, so we might get into that usual section. What's happening? What's happening? Is it annoying when I say what's happening and sing the song and then that song goes? No. Nah, Is it funny? I'll try to be clever, but I don't know whether I'm being clever or not. No, nah, yeah. I, sometimes it's like you're doing a duet. You can dub it over. Oh, dub it over. It runs at the same time. Because I don't listen to the podcast. Why would I want to listen to it? Why would you? Why would I want to listen to myself? I hate listening to myself. Um, I mean, I'm an idiot. Why would I want to listen to myself? What's name? I want to listen to me. Anyway, what's happening? I saw the movie Attack the Block. Uh, Attack the Block? Yeah, have you heard of this one? Uh, I heard that it was MA15+, Plus. that's about it. Okay, well, <laughs> basically for anyone who doesn't know, it's an alien invasion movie set in, like, South Central London. Okay. And so it's kind of different. It's not, you know, like, we've had a lot of cowboys and aliens and Battlefield LA where it's going hardcore military taking mm. on the aliens. This one, it's just a bunch of teenage kids. And... So it's kind of like a comedy action thing, and uh, I was a big fan of it. It was kind of like all these kids, like the experience that I have had uh, in relation to these kind of characters is is like every one of these kids wants to be Ali G, and so it's kind of like if all these people that are talking like Ali G and uh, want to be gangsters basically yeah. are fighting aliens, and yeah, I thought it was awesome. So... Uh, the alien designs is really cool. Okay, cool. The first time that you see one, it's like it looks like they've got glow-in-the-dark eyes, but then they open their mouth and you realise that the eyes, or what you think are the eyes are the teeth, and they're like glowing blue, and it's kind of like these big uh, giant bear things. Yep. And Yeah, it's just a very funny movie. And yeah, it hasn't had a very wide release here, so uh, I recommend everyone checking it out because uh, I think it's flown under the radar a little bit. Sounds good. Yeah, and what else? Oh, I saw like an interesting preview before that movie as well, which I mentioned Project X a couple of weeks ago, and it kind of reminded me... Sorry, of, I don't listen to you, so you might have to sure. rehash what Project X is. That was the one that was by the director of The Hangover, or at least one of the Hangover movies, yep. and it was kind of filmed in a Cloverfield-style uh, you know, first-person okay. found footage thing where it's basically a party that gets out of control. Yeah. And that's coming next year, I believe. This one, it kind of reminded me of that because it has the same film style where it looks like these kids are on a road trip or something yeah. and it's their footage that they filmed. And so basically they've got superpowers. And the movie's called Chronicle. I didn't mention that. And yeah, I think it's coming out next year as well. So it's like this guy's got telekinesis. Mm. It, it was hard to tell from the trailer if it was one of them or all of these kids. 
and basically they're just using it to mess around and you know do whatever you would do if you got telekinesis. Yeah. But then okay. they get out of control and throw a car <laughs> off the road and uh, I think it's one of those things where the powers are going to go to the head. But yeah, it just seemed like a very cool way to present that kind of movie. I don't know anything more about it. This was the first I saw of it, but okay. I think it's one to watch. Um, it had one of the actors from the TV show Friday Night Lights in it. Yeah. And he was really cool. I was uh, interested. Yeah, it just it just made it look like a, uh, a good upcoming movie for the new year. Something to look forward to. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, anything else I saw? Just, just looking on the new profile. Playing a bit of Arkham City. Yeah, I did. So I started uh, Arkham City this And you'd, you'd finished Arkham Asylum? Yes, but not since... Uh, shortly after it came out a few years ago. Yes. So it's so been a while. relatively fresh again. Yeah. And I know you played the two back to back. Yep. So you might have had a bit of a different experience, but I thought that there was... A, I know if I hadn't have played the first one, I think I might have been a bit lost in terms of controls and stuff like that. Just because they don't really explain that much to you. Yeah, well, I, had, I, had, I, had, I almost felt that it was perfect to go from one to the other. And that's yeah. what I think may, most people would have a problem with. Okay. That it would have been very hard to go from one to the or to to, and even to have a big gap between the two would have been quite awkward. Yeah. In in the first one, it did a quite good job, I think, of explaining everything that you needed to know. Yeah. And then this one, it kind of expected you to have remembered everything, and certainly I didn't remember a whole lot. It'd been a few years since I played it, and just there was this one area where I don't know if you had the same problem, probably not, where you have to break into the uh, Gotham City Police Department and there's a door that you use one of your gadgets on and you can raise it a little bit but not enough to crawl underneath the door yes and so I was trying to scope out this whole building like how the hell do I get in this building yeah, yeah, yeah. and basically what you have to do is open the door a little bit and just slide under mm. but there's nowhere to tell you that you can actually slide in the game. Yeah, no, I, I'd actually seen footage of it beforehand so I knew about oh, slide because okay. I'd seen someone do it in footage so I, I didn't remember if you could do that in the first game. I can't, and I remember, if you could, I can't remember if you could do it in that either. Well, certainly it, it's not something that you needed to do anywhere else in the game, or at least up until that point. So I spent yeah. like half an hour just trying to get through the stupid door or see if there was another way to enter the building. And no, just exactly. like things like that I thought were annoying. Yes. But there overall, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I thought you said... You like the first one a bit better, and I know yes. I've heard that sentiment. I haven't decided yet which one I like better, but I'm really enjoying this. Things like the Zaz phone missions. Yeah, that the last one was quite frustrating. Okay, <laughs> I've, I've only done a couple and only a couple of hours into it at the moment. Yeah, but uh, it just when you're on a mission and then all of a sudden there's this other you know, side mission like that that pops up, or you got your augmented reality yeah. little mini games where you have to dive through all the goals and yes. uh, do it without touching the ground and stuff. Yeah, I got through a few. I couldn't get to do the last one, though. That was a pain in the ass, the last one. Okay. Yeah, well, I found that stuff is uh, pretty well implemented and yeah. addictive, and it seems like there's always something to do around the So, city. how far how far through it are you now? I've only uh, just passed that, passed that section at Gotham City Police Department, so... It's was this was this where you find out that you need to go and fight Penguin or yeah, and Mister Freeze is being kidnapped or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I know I know a lot of people have been complaining about the lack of uh, much time spent with each villain. Yes, but it doesn't seem too different. To I, the first I think one. I think the thing is you spend a lot of time with Penguin, and mm -hmm. Penguin's not a good villain. I, I, I never liked Penguin. He's <laughs> a bit irrelevant. In the sense of things, he isn't as clever as a lot of the other villains. Okay. So there's a lot of time dealing with ice and snow and all this sort of stuff. And so I don't want to be skating around on ice the whole time. It's a little bit annoying. Yeah, okay. Seems to be all of the cold villains at the moment. I haven't, I haven't uh, really got to the penguin section too much. I think yeah. I'm about to approach it. So it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how I feel about it once I've gotten through there. Yeah, and I think you do miss out on a few of the villains through uh, some of them being involved in the Catwoman section which okay. I didn't play well I'm really liking the Catwoman missions I've, okay. I've been playing it and I'm kind of I feel like you might be missing out a bit if you didn't play those just because certainly the one that I just did is like a Poison Ivy mission yeah yeah and I so I missed out on Poison Ivy completely I just didn't get to deal with her yeah well she's you don't get to fight her or anything but you fight a lot of her minions and there's kind of a a bit leading up to her. Well, there's, there's, a section, there's a section in the area which is very overgrown and that's obviously where Poison Ivy is on the map. Yeah. But you get there but you can't do anything. Yeah, sure. 
So uh, there's a whole bunch of trophies that you can only get if you're playing as Catwoman. Yeah, and no, those would be a pain in the ass to get as well, I imagine. Well, I think the the biggest thing is just the way the story flows, because if you play the Catwoman missions in the story mode, like there's a way that you can play them separately from yeah. the main menu. But if you just play the game and you've got the Catwoman stuff installed, yeah. it's cool that it kind of splices it in throughout the story. Okay. So I got to a bit where you're fighting um, with the Joker and he right. knocks you unconscious. And I assume if you don't have the Catwoman stuff, you just wake up a few seconds later and it's like nothing really happened. It's just a few, a bit of time has passed. Yeah. But when I was doing it, it cuts to a Catwoman mission and she mentions, oh yeah, I could go help the bats. He's been fighting the Joker, but I've got this other mission to take care of. And so she goes do her own thing at the same time that that's happening. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of makes it feel more weighted in terms of the okay. Batman storyline. Yes. And so it's not like he just, you know, gets knocked out and wakes straight up again. He, by the time you go back to him, more time has passed and mm. it feels like it's made more of an impact on the story. And yes. Yeah, I like that a lot. Pitfalls have been slack. <laughs> or not having the... Borrowing a, a game. Well, that's the thing, yeah. Borrowing the game or having a second-hand game really yeah. affects it in that sort of way, doesn't it? And it's really cool that they made her control quite differently to Batman. Yes. It's intuitive in terms of getting around the city is kind of the same controls, but her movement is actually yeah. quite different. She can hang upside down from the ceiling and climb around and she's got different weapons and yeah I was uh, actually quite surprised I think the Catwoman levels are a bit short certainly mm. the first one that I played it was basically just one introduction fight and the second one was just again a couple of different fight scenes but yeah the Poison yeah. Ivy stuff was interesting and uh, there's still a couple more to go so mm. I think if you are playing that game it's definitely worth checking out that stuff I okay. say yeah other than that just been playing some more uh Mario Kart and Super Mario 3D Land on the 3DS. I kind of wish I had Mario Kart. kind of wish I had a 3DS now with Mario Kart out. Seems like it's a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it. It's not super long or anything like that. I've okay. finished all the uh, all the Grand Prix pretty quickly, but, you know, you want to go back and play them on different difficulties and all that kind of stuff. And, it, like, I think we mentioned briefly, they added a few new power-ups and all that kind of yes. stuff. And the track design is... Uh, very good and uh, the old retro selection is a nice one there's two uh, rainbow roads which i thought was interesting mm. one of the uh, old super nintendo ones and then a new one okay well yeah. there's is there is there dual paths running at the same so you got the brand new levels but then you can also go through and play the old levels so there's like it's like two grand prix running at the same time you can do the usual thing where it's a selection of four courses and that's so it's like the Wii thing where you've got You've got, so there's four lots of four, yeah. and the top lot are four lots of retro courses, and then the bottom lot are four lots of new courses. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Okay, so that's why there's two Rainbow Roads, because there's a new Rainbow Road and the classic Rainbow Road to end out. Your classic tours. Exactly. And there's a few things like the new Rainbow Road isn't actually three laps, but it's three, I think, sections that they call it. Okay. And so there's, I think, only two tracks that do that, but... It's just something a bit different. So instead of, you know, on the 64 one, you'd have some massive Rainbow Road times that, you yeah. know, by the end it could take a bit too long. You don't have that in this one. And, uh, you know, it's just mixing it up a bit with something different. Mm. One thing with uh, Super Mario 3D Land I'm yes. a bit sick of is it's kind of uh, babying you a little bit. If you fail the mission, I think, five times, it gives you a power-up that basically makes you invincible. Okay. And so it's... Like the uh, raccoon suit, but you're also invincible. So it's like that and the gold star that never wears off. Oh, uh, okay. And so basically they're trying to make you, I guess, see all the content in the game, which is good. But it does feel like someone who's grown up playing every single Mario game and they were always, you know, got pretty tough by the end. That It's uh, it's a bit kiddie now. Yeah, kind of clinging to that. Mario's not just for kids. Mario's not just for kids. And then... Biggest kid, kid yeah. in the game. Yeah. And then if you die like five more times, then another power-up comes that takes you to the end of the level. And so it's like oh. basically just a level skip thing. And I, I wish there was an option to turn those off or that if you use those, you couldn't get all the collectibles in that level or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't So I'm assuming seem... people that want to complete the game can basically just jump off the cliff four times until they get their power-ups and then go through and collect everything while you're invincible. Yeah, a lot of the levels aren't too difficult anyway, so yeah. you probably don't need them. And certainly you can choose to avoid them, which is what I did on most of 
uh, most occasions. Okay. But yeah, it just feels like seeing that pop up, it's just patronizing you a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit of a slap in the face on that one. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I finished uh, Mario 3D Land as well, and it's actually quite a lot longer than it may seem. Yeah. There's eight worlds, but then when you finish the game, you unlock a whole another set of okay. kind of like bizarro worlds where things are a little bit different and you might have a few different rule sets so okay. there'll be a uh, like a ghost Mario chasing you that oh. means you can't stay in the same spot for too long otherwise if he hits you then he'll attack you and kill you. That's and, pretty cool. Yeah, so they added a few things or like items might be in different spots and enemies might be bigger and more aggressive. Maybe and, also change up just a little bit. Yeah. yeah, so it gives you another reason to play through and you can unlock Luigi and play through that way. And yeah, yeah. So it seems like if you're trying to do everything, collecting all the collectibles, playing all these levels in two different worlds and uh, yeah, it should last you quite a long time, which is okay. uh, good. But uh, yeah, just another one uh, worth checking out finally. To get, good to get some 3DS games yeah, that are exactly. worth playing. Oh, sounds like sounds like a pretty clever idea with that one. Yeah. All right, I haven't done terribly much. I actually watched a couple of movies recently. First one I talk about is King of Kong. Yeah, it was really good. That was, that was the first time you've seen it. Yeah, first time I've seen it, and it was yeah. quite upsetting. I think, to be honest, I kind Why? of, um, I kind of the, the the challenger really really spoke to me in that idea of you know like what his wife was saying, where he's you know he's really good at everything. But he's not the best at anything. Do you want to uh, explain what this movie is about? So, okay, so King of King of Kong is is about it's a documentary based on the competitive arcade gaming. Yep, and mainly based around the game King of Kong and Donkey around Kong. Uh, Donkey Kong. Sorry, the game Donkey Kong, the original game Donkey Kong, and a challenger that's coming to challenge the guy that has had the record. Since 1985. Yeah, so Steve Weeby. Steve Weeby is the challenger's name. Billy Mays? Billy Mitchell. Billy, Billy Mitchell. Mays is the pitch guy for. Um, those, Hi, Billy Mays. Yeah, those yeah. high absorbent um, like sponges or something. Like okay, that. over in the US. I <laughs> say. Billy Mitchell. Yeah. And he was uh, a real pain in the ass. He's, he's like the ultimate villain. And it's a documentary, but yeah. it's so interesting he to see. Perfect, yeah, he plays a bomb perfectly. Yeah, and there's like a great scene where. Billy's saying he's not going to show up at this big tournament and then you see him drive by in the background. It, it was very interesting and um, I think that idea that this challenger, Steve Weeby is just a great guy. Yeah. It really is. Maybe maybe a little misguided. He was given a, a card for or the board. It's like the what board that, that allows the game to work. Yeah. The memory board. Yeah. Yeah, that you plug into your arcade machine to yeah. play. Yeah, and I think what happened was it was given to him by a guy that was almost, I think, banned or something like that from the the competitive gaming industry or from whatever it was, Arcade World or whatever they call it. Mm. He, he, was, he was refused from that place and they all hated him and he bought the board for him so that he could go and beat the record and then when they came to review his machine, they found a package with his name on it and instantaneously went through to fight, try and find something. Yeah. And supposedly there's a bit of gunk on a spot that, that would affect the way the barrels roll, I think. They're trying to basically invalidate his yeah, score. Yeah, although they, they did invalidate his score. Yeah. That, that guy did seem pretty dodgy, and I really think that it may have been likely that that guy was trying to, and unfortunately taking this guy into the, an area he didn't want to be in. Yeah. All he wanted to do was play the game and be the best, and these other guys too busy coaching him to try and get further. But it, it did, he was such a nice guy, and that idea that he was, he was great at everything. You know, he's great at sports. Great at his job, great at this, great at that, but just not not better than anyone. There's always someone better than him everywhere. Yeah, kind of feel like that's a bit like me that I there's always someone that's a little bit better, <laughs> which is always a pain in the ass. Well, he's um, just like a high school teacher or something like. Yeah, that, yeah, isn't yeah. It? yeah. It was just interesting, and you know, he did went out of his way to accommodate everyone, yeah. and they still looked down on him through the whole thing up until the end. Well, it's a great underdog story, and yeah. they present it so well with. A lot of uh, '80s montage scenes. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like '80s music. Like you're the best around. And it was, and it was and... just this, this is like 2005, and I felt really pathetic. <laughs> it just really felt pathetic. It's nice at the end the way the, how nasty the people that run the competition treat him, and then through him going out of his way and doing all this, they turn and they start to like, and especially Billy Billy Mitchell's best friend almost turns away from Billy 
to Steve mm. and the way that at the end they're sitting he, he his best friend and Billy are sitting there and his best friend says I think Steve Weeby is, is an amazing guy a great guy great family wonderful person very genuine and Billy's sitting there looking like our friendship is over <laughs> <laughs> after watching it again it's a good movie yeah, yeah it was really good yeah it's really interesting to see with the competitive uh, yeah, high scores how competitive it is, yeah. yeah and that even since that movie that record has gone back and forth between either Billy and Steve getting the record and then this new challenger in Japan, I believe. Yeah, yeah, some, some neurosurgeon or something crazy like that, I think yeah. you're saying. But uh, I think the latest kind of uh, controversy over the whole thing is that Billy was in a competition and he got the record and he could have kept going, he could have got more, uh, even a higher score, and he turns off the arcade machine. And so, he, instead of going for as high score as he could, he just beats it, gets number one again, and just turns it off. Yeah. It's insane. Though. He doesn't want to go so high that he might have to go for it again. But does he play in competitive, or he doesn't play in competitive? Well, I don't think there's, like, a whole lot of money or anything. Well, there's no money, but I know, because, like, in the, in the whole movie, the whole time they're talking, you've got to do it in front of people, you've got to do yeah, it in yeah, a competitive yeah. sense. And, of course, Billy never played competitively against anyone. Yeah, at that in, point in, he just he just he sent in one tape and that was it. He just refused to go and play in a competitive sense, mainly because he just didn't want to have that situation of playing against Steve and Steve beating him in front of everyone. Well, I have to assume this instance where he turns off the machine had to be in person because it kind of that kind of sounded like why the controversy occurred. And with Donkey Kong, they made it so that was the only game that you had to do it in front of a judge to get the official record or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's been changed back because it seems like with this guy in Japan or something that might be quite difficult for new and new competitors and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. And I know they sold the rights to that story as a actual movie or at least what someone was planning to turn it into a real movie. And I know it seems like even you could make a sequel now with all the stuff that's happened since then. It's a... Uh, Quite interesting. I know Billy's got the high score for Pac-Man, I think it is, as well. And oh, okay. All the, these guys are just... You learn the patterns, and I guess you just can kind of do whatever you want in those games. You can just know how to beat it. It was pretty crazy. They all seem pretty over the top. Yeah, they, you get dedicated. I love the daughter, Steve's daughter, at one point. She only says one line in the whole movie, but it's pretty much the line of the flick where they're all trying to do this because the Guinness World Records is bringing out their book Yeah, of, yeah. It's like a, a gaming edition of the Guinness World Records and whoever has the number one score is going to be it. And so the girl's like, she's, you know, 10 or so, and she's like, why do people ruin their lives, Dad, to get in this book? And he just kind of sits there silently. He's like, well, you know. Yeah, and it's basically, it's basically a daughter saying she thinks he's ruining it. It's just that, just to read into it, obviously it is likely that it's come from the mother. Yeah. Because like a girl like that's not going to be able to say something like that without knowing, without hearing it somewhere else. I don't know, it just it seems like a, an innocent question, but uh, yeah, the way they presented it adds a lot more. Yeah, it's in the it. perfect spot. Yeah, so I, I thought that was really good. I was I really enjoyed it while I was watching it. I also watched uh, The Other Guys. Oh, yeah. Which seems really funny. Okay. It really is funny. It's just the way that Will Ferrell plays it so straight while Warburg is, is making fun of himself but being so aggressive mm. and just going full throttle, angry, straight down the line. Yeah. And there's a point where he, he wants to go out on a call and Will Ferrell refuses and then the, the, the two main uh, the two main uh, uh, investigators at that point in time, The Rock and uh, Samuel Jackson. Jackson, are like, we'll, we'll take this, you pansies can stay back there. And Wahlberg's like, God damn it, I'm a peacock, you gotta let me fly! <laughs> and it's just, he's so angry while he's saying it, and it's just... A very, very clever film, the way they did that, and it's uh, well worth a watch. Okay. There's good. some good parts where they're at a funeral and they're all having that big argument they always have in the film, and they're all whispering because they're at a funeral and they don't want to piss everyone off, <laughs> and um, the captain who is, I've, I've completely forgot, you'll know, you'll be able to, you'll be able to tell me, he's, he's in Beetlejuice and he was the original Batman. Uh, Michael Keaton? Yeah, Michael Keaton's the main boss, and he's, he's whispering in the argument, he's like, what are you two big shots doing? Think you're going to be the new guys? And stuff like that. And uh, that was, it was quite clever the way he was whispering. And it was it was like a real big argument, but it's yeah. all, all, all silent. That was good. It's a great concept for a movie. Like you always see in those buddy cop movies, you focus on the, you know, the best guy in the force and his new partner or something like that. Yeah. And this is about, not about them, but about like just two of the other guys on the force. And you see bits and pieces of, Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock's character. Yeah, yeah, it's well worth watching. Yeah, well, I know that movie came out of those 
to Wahlberg and Will Ferrell were going to do uh, a couple of dicks, which is Kevin Smith's movie uh, before it was renamed to Cop Out. Mm. And then, yeah, they, I guess, couldn't get that movie off the ground for, they couldn't get financing. And so they ended up doing this other buddy cop movie, which seems like it's a lot better than oh, Cop Out. Oh, about a million times better. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's just funny to see, I guess they wanted to do a buddy cop movie together. Yeah, yeah. funnily enough, I think the, the way, that, that joke about in, in 30 Rock about Tracy, what, what is Tracy Jordan on the show not being able to know his lines and things like that? Mm. I think that may be what he's like in real life. I have to assume. So I think I think Kevin Smith may have learnt the hard way that working with Tracy Morgan really isn't that good an idea. Well, he worked with him on Dogma as well. So I think he probably... Was he in Dogma? Yeah, he probably knew what he was getting into. What, what, who did he play in Dogma? The black guy? I don't no, know. No, 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 <laughs> that was played, Chris Rock. He played Tracy, Tracy Morgan. Did he? Where, 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 where was he in? I don't know. Jump on IMDb. Oh, I think you're thinking of Chris Rock. I think I think they were both in it. Chris Rock was the main, the angel that fell from heaven. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's have a look. We're just gonna check that out now. But yeah, yeah I've certainly seen interviews mm. with Tracy Morgan where it seems like even he doesn't really know what's going on. Certainly in um, Donald Glover's comedy Central special I mentioned last episode, one of his jokes is about he does a Tracy Morgan impression. And it's basically him going up on stage, talking about dick for 25 minutes and uh, Chris Rock getting pissed off at it because basically he doesn't know, like, ever, he doesn't plan ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, 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 I saw some, some stuff from that Donald Glover line and that was really good. I'm pretty sure that's how he lives his life and they just film a TV show around it. No, I, I can't, he's not, he's not here in the cast on... Um... On Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Let me let me have a look. I'll see if I can find something. Check IMDb. Yeah, IMDb is the what you guys use. There's not much here. I think you've uh, you've extended yourself on your knowledge there, Ben. Unless I'm thinking of another Kevin Smith film. You're right, Tranny. Is that a Freudian slip? <laughs> I want to know what he's been in as well. Oh, oh, he was in Jay and Silent Bob the Strike Back. Okay. Yeah. It's Pumpkin Escobar. <laughs> How did I forget that one? Who was Pumpkin Escobar? I can't remember where he was. I assume he's a drug dealer of some kind. Oh, yeah, I know that spot. Yeah, he's the drug dealer when they go and um, they're, they're trying to figure out where to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. There. So he's only in a very brief Yeah, oh, that's why he's like, they're like, you want to get high? And like, do you want to get stoned? And they're, they're, they're like, they're, they're drug challenge or whatever. Yes. Okay. So you're right. He wasn't in Dogma. Quite lowbrow. He was in a very bit part in Jan Yes, yes, but I do remember it now. I don't know what the fuck you were talking about, little kid. <laughs> but that's so special to me or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, something that was interesting, and we've been we've mentioned the movie before, and I've been very interested in the in it, in it and kind of nervous about it. So the girl with the dragon tattoo is pretty close to being released. I might just check the release date as we uh, go on about this. Uh, this is the David Fincher version, the Hollywood version, rather than the Swedish version. From what I've heard, the Swedish version isn't that superb. Well, it was basically a TV movie. Yeah, and I guess the hard thing is, it's made in Sweden. It's never going to be a Hollywood blockbuster. Well, yeah, it's not going to have the budget that no. Hollywood does. But again, maybe in Sweden, it uh, you can get more for your money. I assume it costs less to make a movie than in Hollywood. Then, yeah. So. But you didn't see the original? As in the... You didn't see the the Swedish film? No, no. I, I, I don't... I don't want to watch it. It's got subtitles, and I'm not. I'm not sure something like this will live up to subtitles. Supposedly, December 21 is release date for the US and Sweden. December 28 for the United Kingdom, which I'm assuming will probably have that release date. Yeah, so maybe by the end of the year it'll come out. Yeah, and I'm like, it's likely to be rated R over here. Yeah, I think they already said it was R in America, so minimum. Well, R, R in America is a little different. R in America is 17 plus. Yeah, and so... a lot of a lot of MA movies in Australia are R in America. Exactly. Their R is their MA, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll either be MA, MA or R. Uh, I, think, I think it may be very visual and it's like a sexual, it's a strong sex and sexual violence. Yeah, well, I, I talked to a friend who saw the original film and uh, he was saying he was, he would be surprised if they went as graphic as that one, but it doesn't sound like they're editing anything out. No, like looking at the way it's, Certainly filmed by Fincher, it looks like it's very, very hard on what it has. Yeah. And so you read the first two books? Yeah? Uh, I've read the first two and a half. So okay. the third book I got, oh, I listened to it on tape because I couldn't read. I wouldn't, I would have put those books down and I would have said, this is something I don't want to read. I find listening to it, it's a little different. Okay. But I'm actually, it's so, I'm so torn because I find, I find sexual violence very confronting. Yeah. It's something I don't 
want to watch or be around. And uh, something like this is, is by a director I love. It's got music from a duo that I love their work and it's got an actor I love. It's it's almost like tailor-made for me, except for the stuff that's in it. Yeah. It's a, and I think it's going to be brilliant. And, and and really, the sexual stuff doesn't come in until the very end. Okay. Like, it's almost... I think oh, there are... Yeah, there are points before then, aren't there? Yeah, and it, it's more of the. I'm, I'm, I'm just remembering back to it and going, oh yeah, that was in it. Oh, that was in it too. Yeah, yeah, but it's um, it's probably going to be a tough. Budget. The most horrifying stuff was at the end, I think. Well, I know. Actually, was... no, no. There's some horrifying stuff in in the Millish as well. Okay, it's just horrifying across the board. Well, I know there was a uh, advanced screening recently for the press, and uh, the there was some controversy because the reviews were embargoed up until I think this week. Okay. But one of the reviewers released his review early and he uh, he seemed to enjoy it but again it seems like it's a, a pretty full-on watch yes yeah i'm, I'm definitely going to see it even uh, though it might be a bit confronting are the uh, yeah. books in the series as graphic do you think or to an extent the second one is more violent violent okay more so than sexually violent and the third one not as much was happening but it was certainly very ominous i didn't get to the point where the where where the real stuff happened, but yeah. yeah. So, but the reason that we uh, bring this up is because they released a free sample of the soundtrack. That is why we bring it up. Uh, as much I think the soundtrack may have just been released on the second of December. A six song sampler was released online that you could download for free. Really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether you had a chance to listen to it, but I no, did, no, and no, it yeah. was really good. It's it's a lot like that social network style, and it's probably going to win the Oscar for best soundtrack. Interesting. I think it will because it's just very well done. Uh, the other thing to do with it is he is releasing a vinyl track which is quite large. Um, now, from what my knowledge was, there was six LPs in it, a deluxe booklet, metal cover, hard plastic ice slip covers, Ooh. which are just to keep it safe. And then you also get a custom 8, eight gig metal razor blade USB. And on that USB, you get to choose between Apple lossless, a flat compression, or a 320 kilobyte MP3 format. So basically, the highest quality album. Yes. And if you wanted to buy it, it was 140 pounds or 300 US dollars. Okay. And those are the two places they're shipping from. So which means here in Australia, it's pretty unattainable. Yeah, it's like, what, 300 bucks or something? Like 300 bucks plus probably $100 postage after. Yeah. I would have thought. I, I would assume it would be that. And I couldn't find it. I don't think I could find postage information. Yeah, sure. So, it, it's as much as I'd love it, I'm just not going to be able to get it. Yeah, but uh, the, for anyone who's forgotten the soundtracks by uh, Trent Reznor and... Oh, yeah, much, yeah, yeah. So, Trent Reznor, of course, from Nine Inch Nails. So, it's uh, score so far that the samples are yeah yeah it looks like the opening opening track is actually a uh, a cover of immigrant song featuring Carano from the yeah yeah yeahs okay that's Im- immigrant song is from uh if, if anyone doesn't know led zeppelin yeah right so it's quite interesting but i think i think this team is a very good team yeah definitely. these two and david fincher as well i think they work very well together it should be very interesting to see how that goes yeah definitely i'm looking forward to it mm, yeah Nervous. <laughs> All right. Um, what, what else has been happening in our world of fun stuff? Minecraft Lego. Yeah, that looked very cool. I saw a couple of pictures of it. Is it officially been released? or? It's, it's not a released yet, but they basically announced the partnership and uh, it's coming soon, I think. Because I know a lot of people have built their own Minecraft Lego and used little blocks and done it themselves. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess it's not too difficult to make something like that. It seems like a pretty natural fit, especially after uh, both companies are insanely popular at the moment. Or like, yeah. m- I guess Lego has always been. Where one hasn't been? I saw yeah. actually architectural Lego. What does that mean? Uh, it was Lego where they built architecturally sound buildings. Uh, okay. So you can actually buy the packet, and it's some some classic buildings, so classic classic architecture from the ages, mainly sort of new age stuff. But I, I, I wasn't. I can't really remember what the buildings were of, but they were very creative in that way. I might just have a look for it now. Yeah, right. I'm assuming you're a Lego fan as well. I haven't used Lego since I was a kid, but I was definitely building spaceships and pirates ships and all that kind of stuff when I was uh, younger. I, they kind of lost me when 
they started doing all these new uh, robots and, you know, Legos basically that weren't just the basic blocks. It got pretty complicated pretty quickly, but uh, it seems like it's as popular as ever. Yeah, so this is, it's the Frank Lloyd Wright collection. Okay. Lego architecture collection, and there's some very clever places. Yeah, it looks like they've got more, like, rounded pieces and all that kind yes. of stuff. It's, uh, yeah, pretty insane what they've got available now. Yeah, just trying to, I guess, make a difference. Which is, it's, it's nice to see that they do those sort of things. It's kind of what Lego's about, I guess. They're very expensive, there. Yeah, sure. But, uh... Minecraft seems like a perfect fit. It's obviously both about building and constructing. And, and well, Minecraft looks like Lego blocks. Yeah, it's obviously inspired by Lego to a great deal. It'll be uh, interesting to see what they come out with. I don't know if the blocks are individually going to be textured to look like the Minecraft blocks or something, but I assume that's the kind of thing that they're going for. And maybe you can build a, uh, a you know, something similar to what you can build in the game, or you know, key scenes from the game, that kind of thing. No, exactly. Scenes from the game. Also, um, do you see in, in I didn't, I didn't realise this, but Minecraft actually has an ending now. Oh, really? Yeah, so you can actually end with the game of Minecraft, and it seems like they've got items that are, like, like, like special items that have, like, extra damage to certain things or something like that. That you can only get once you finish the game. Oh, right? you can only get at certain points. So yeah, that seems right. pretty interesting. Yeah, well, it seems like, uh, as we were saying a couple of episodes ago, it's the kind of thing they're just going to continually build upon. And I guess now that the official game is out, then uh, you know that's probably the kind of thing that they added to it. Yeah, yeah. It's just interesting. Some of the, some of the things people have built where they've used uh, alternating, especially they use a lot of the um, the small blocks, like those half half block blocks. Yeah, those half block ones that are half and like like a quarter of, of a normal four by four block, mm -hmm. and they use those to create the the. the the shifting styles of some of them. Yeah. The it's... ones that have like coal in them or gold in them. Yeah. It's very clever the way they've done that. Yeah, so I assume I assume the new Minecraft Lego will actually kind of have that built into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting if they can do that. Textured blocks or something, I guess. I people have spent a lot of time working on this. <laughs> There's some really cool things getting built in uh, Minecraft at the moment. I'm not sure it's got what it used to have though. I haven't gone back. I might actually go back and try it now. Yeah. It's well... updated because it might, might be a little bit more creative. But the problem is with the where they when they once that now that they've got the creative mode, it kind of took away that it, it, you lose that idea of the fact that you have to work for yeah, it. Yeah, that working for it kind of made everything you built the more sweeter. Yeah, or the more meaningful. Yeah, when someone was like, "Whoa, you built that house out of out of bricks! How did you find all the clay?" Especially on the original, this is pre one point nine. Yeah, everyone was like, "How the hell did you find all of that clay?" Because <laughs> clay was almost impossible. Yeah, sure. And now now clay's everywhere. Which it really should have been. It, it, bricks are the most common building block, in, or have been the most common building block in society. It's surprising that Minecraft made bricks so hard to attain. <laughs> oh, well, there's something else. Something this is really fun. I know uh, uh, me and my partner have been watching it a lot. Have you have you watched any of the Kids React videos? No. What's this? Okay, so Kids React is a YouTube video where these two guys, the Finn brothers, mm. show a stack of kids uh, YouTube videos. Okay. They show them things like the Shmo Yoho videos, which are the auto-tune the news and that sort of thing. They show them uh, interesting, fun videos of things happening. So, you know, Charlie after the dentist and, yeah. and Charlie bit me and those sort of things. They show them, they ask them how they feel about it. And the, the kid, like the Australian kid that got bullied and then the kid picked up that little kid and slammed him on the ground. Yeah, but he slams him basically. Yeah, yeah. And they show them things like that and ask them questions about it. Okay. It's quite so fun. Is it like a kid say the darndest things kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, thing? pretty much. And they always say funny things that there's... It, it's just it's just hilarious and hilariously cute at the same time. Yeah, sure. And it's funny how the kids react and you can see, especially when they talked about the bullying one, as much as all of them said, yeah, they've been bullied at one point in their life, you could tell the kids that are currently getting bullied by how they reacted to the video and how they would treat the kid getting bullied and whether they would whether they would say good on ya or whether they would say you really shouldn't do that, you need to get a teacher, or whether they would go and get a teacher or break up the fight or what they would do in that situation. Is it kind of like you mostly get to see the interview or do you get to see their uh, reactions while they're watching the video as well? Yeah, so so that, what happens is uh, it starts off, they play the video, and on, so basically it goes, kids react to this video. Yeah. And then first thing you see is on the screen is the video goes into the corner and you see the kids reacting 
as, as they're watching, watching it, it. So it's mainly what the kids are saying. Mm -hmm. So it's always good if you haven't seen the video, you get to see the video as well. Yeah. And then and you after get to the see what's happening at like, yeah. their reaction is at this point in time. Yeah. And after the video ends, then it goes question time, okay. and they ask the questions. And yeah, it's, cool. it's a lot of fun. There's some really funny kids there, and it's quite it's quite a clever idea. I'll put a link to. Uh, well, I'll pick one of the best videos to embed in. Oh, the you're gonna struggle. Article. They're all they're all hilarious. Uh, they are all hilarious, and there's a ton of them. <laughs> So yeah, they're quite they're quite fun in the way that they've also got teens react now where one of the girls was a little bit older, so they've made the kids a little they've moved and, and now have kids uh, teens react, which is quite clever as well. So is there a variety of kids each video, or is it mostly just like the one person one video thing? Um, no, there's stacks of kids. Okay, they have, they have a ton of kids in each video. Yeah, cool. So it, it's quite quite a clever idea. Uh, oh, they're called the Fine Brothers. Sorry. So you can check them out. Subscribe to their channel. Hopefully <laughs> they pay for this with their advertising that they've got on their ad. And so it's fun to see all the kids react. Yeah, and there's, sure. there's a little there's a little African American kid who just says random things. Is it usually the same kids in each video? Uh, they've got a stack of kids. A lot of them show up, and there's a couple that don't. There's there's a couple that only occasionally appear. Yeah, that's worth watching because some of them some of them are really fun. Yeah, cool. So that, that's my that's my viral video of uh, the week. Of the week, watch this. And apparently they've had some interesting things where they've showed Lady Gaga, and Lady Gaga had watched, then watched that. And responded to them and said thanks for showing it, and they showed the kids, thought the kids were hilarious. It's her reaction to yeah, reaction and then and then, then they did their reaction to her reaction oh from them. So too meta, yeah, too meta, yeah. It's, it's like a it's like a reaction within a reaction within a reaction. <laughs> and also, yeah, that they were they were put in the, the latest Shmo Yoho song. If you have, have you seen the latest Shmo Yoho song? No, I've seen the a lot Chuck, of them. But Chuck Tester. No, I haven't watched that one. No, Chuck Tester's pretty hilarious. In fact, I saw worth, the original Chuck Tester video. Yeah, if you remember why. I'll show you after this. Okay, you, you'll love it. Okay. Oh, I, I'd, I'd want to show you now so you can have you know post post Chuck Tester reaction. Yeah, yeah, but it's quite hilarious. So it's this is quite a clever idea, and I think yeah, nice. get on there and watch it. Okay, um, because I haven't got one, and you do. What? How has the update for the 3DS been? Yeah, well, we talked about the uh, Xbox update, and the 3DS also had their big update this week, which is pretty much the biggest update since the console came out, and they added a whole bunch of new gains basically. There's a few features like you used to be able to take 3D photos and now you can take 3D video and stuff okay. as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was the kind of thing that it's just difficult to show on anything else. You can't... You, you can't know. take it and then put it on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. I guess YouTube does have a 3D option now that they're experimenting with it. So maybe that's the kind of thing down the line that you'll be able to do. Yeah, it's a nice option at least. But the big stuff is the new Street Pass features. So for anyone who doesn't know, there's always been the option. When you are in range of someone else with a 3DS, you basically get to share content. So your me will appear on theirs and you can have like a message that appears on other people's consoles. So you're just walking around with the console in your pocket. You flip it open later on and someone's like, hey, Ben met Nick and you can share puzzle pieces and play this game together. I really should get one. It's, it's pretty fun. That's Damn one it. of the most interesting things about the console. And it seems like PS Vita is kind of borrowing from that a little bit as well with it's, it's got a program called Nia which also seems like you can interact with people around you and see okay. who's playing games and what games are around you and stuff so um, I do like all that functionality but uh, yeah basically they updated Street Past Quest which is kind of like a Final Fantasy dungeon crawler thing okay. so it's not you don't get to play like a big story but basically just a series of battles and you use your me and they when the console came out, it had Street Pass Quest, and now it's Street Pass Quest 2. So when you finish the original, which uh, I assume a lot of people had had the console since launch have finished that one by now, you can jump into a whole new set of levels. And the cool thing is you earn coins, so every day you can earn up to 10 coins by walking around. So it uses the pedometer in the system, and then you can recruit guys to take into battle with those coins. Okay. And so, because... I hadn't had anything to spend these coins on for a while. I just saved a whole bunch. And so you used to be able to recruit a guy for, I think it was two coins for one of another like me to take into battle. Yep. And now they added the option to take in people that you've already met. So the more times that you meet people, you get more levels up. So me and Kurt have done this with each other a number of times. So we're both on the highest level. And so you do more damage to the enemies and stuff based on your level. And so now I can recruit him and a few other people that I've met. Does it work times. with you walking around with it in your bag? As long as it's 
on standby or not playing an original DS game at works. So if you've just got it on your bag and the console is like either turned on or with the lid closed, closed, yeah, then it works fine. Okay, do you do that much? Well, I usually play it on the way to work and so by the time I get to work every so often I'll get a hit. And like a little light goes on when you get a hit and that kind of stuff, so you can see, you know, if if it's happened. But certainly. Oh, do you mean do you mean this is picking up other people's me's? Yeah. I was thinking more along the lines of the coins, the pedometer. Does that work when it's off, or does it only work when it's on? Yeah, it only works when it's on as well. And but so, but does that mean like if you earn coins as you're playing normally, or do you earn coins while you walk around only? Both. Like as long as okay. you're taking steps, it counts. Oh, okay. So it. it I guess it's hard. To, it has a limited battery life. You wouldn't want to be leaving it on while you're wandering. But again, you can only earn ten coins a day. Oh, okay. and so it's. I think a thousand uh, steps is equal to ten coins. Every hundred coins is a step. Okay, hundred so, steps is a coin. Yes, and so basically, you'll probably easily get your ten coins daily without okay. without too much of a. a I guess you could, you could just wander around in circles, wander around the house as you play, and yeah. Yeah, certainly. It's it's, it's it's kind of a little bit rewarding for walking around. Yeah. Nintendo's been good with that. They sort of like to tell you to move around and things like that. Exactly. And I, I guess I, the thing is they they are marketed at children. So yeah, well, it's a cool it's a cool feature, and you can use these mm-hmm. coins in a whole bunch of different games. Not too many have used it so far, but like Dead or Alive, you can use it to buy kind of figurines, and I think Street Fighter does the same so thing. Can, so you can zoom in on boobs and things like that. That's pretty much <laughs> yeah, the main yeah, reason. Yeah, so, you can, so you can slide down and check out the back, check out the front. Yeah, <laughs> you've had a, you've had a look at your your, your boobalicious. Physics. Sure. Yeah. And so basically, yeah, they updated Street Pass Quest 2 and you can earn new hats for your Miis and uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of options there. It's pretty cool. And then there's like a puzzle game. So you use these coins to buy puzzle pieces and then when you meet new people with the Street Pass, you get their puzzle pieces and they added like a whole bunch of new puzzles that when you solve, you get a cool 3D image of Nintendo characters and they added that for new games. So I think there's like a Star Fox one and the um, you know Mario Kart one and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I was I was pretty impressed with this update because there's actually a whole bunch of new stuff that's actually worth uh, checking out. Sometimes you know it's just a few fixed a few bugs and that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah it seems like lots of cool new content. So uh, yeah, definitely worth updating for. Sounds good. Yeah, something that relates to that and what we were talking about before um, relates to that in the way that I thought. Damn, I need to get a. 3DS, and I thought, oh, geez, that means I can play Zelda again. And then I thought, wait a minute, I have someone on YouTube uh, has, and there's a few people doing it at the moment, but they're recreating Ocarina of Time in Minecraft. Seems like a uh, pretty insane undertaking. Yeah, so I might check it out now. And there's some really clever ones, and it, it kind of... I guess the hard part is, unless they're doing it on a server, you can't go in and view it. Mm. So I guess, are they just chucking it online for other people to view, basically? Yeah, I think so. But it's very over the top. So, But it's it's, it's amazing. It's just... Blows I me away. I assume they aren't able to recreate story content, but they can just rebuild the levels or yes, something? Yes, basically. So you can go in and, and basically play through that so level. You, you can kind of just, like, view all the areas. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous what people are able to do with, with Minecraft these days. But... Uh, yeah, people seem to have a lot of ambition and a lot of free time. <laughs> I think so. I think that's probably a fair call. Yeah. I'm just going to jump into one and try and show you because if you've played, so you'll be able to to recognize yeah some of the areas. And it's, it's quite clever. And like, I guess it's very iconic for a lot of people. So the Nintendo 64 has pretty blocky graphics, and so I guess yeah, that but it's makes not. It's it... not like this. This is pretty barren compared to what it actually is like. Yeah, sure. But I mean, like, it makes it easier to recreate this kind of stuff. It looks like a pretty accurate representation of what the uh, actual layouts of the levels were. It's, uh, mm, mm. Now, you, you see, you can get, like, Zelda texture packs and stuff. Oh, okay. And, yeah, it looks like they put the chests and stuff in the same things. Yeah, yeah. It'd be cool if you could make rupees or something appear in uh, the grass. Uh, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure they're working on it. Yeah, I think they have. Because if you use texture packs and things like that, you can usually manage it in that sort of way. I've seen some really good ones. Also, funnily enough, I saw, um, I've never really liked Conan O'Brien. <laughs> never really cared for him. Okay. And they had on Reddit last night the best moments from Conan O'Brien with celebs. Yeah. And it was really funny. And I think I think maybe it's just a case of when he's funny, he's really funny. But he's uh, not that funny all the time. Well, Is I know with him? certain things like Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, 
I think that started on Conan O'Brien and they did some amazing pieces like certainly Triumph visiting the Star Wars premiere it was like when episode one came out he went and talked to people waiting in line and did his usual thing of insulting them and making fun of whatever they're waiting in line for and, yeah, yeah. Uh, like he's done some pretty funny stuff I haven't really watched regularly enough to you know say how a day-to-day show is but certainly I've seen skits that are pretty amusing yeah I think uh when when him I'm sure people that watch Conan will know it him and Jim Carrey, when they do that laugh together, and they laugh at the same time and do that big, long laugh. Oh, yeah. they, they both always do big, long laughs. Okay. There's a, there's a thing where they do a big, long laugh together, and I thought that was pretty funny. Well, if you send me the link to this uh, video... I'll, I'll try and find it. Yeah, I don't know. Certainly, I've been watching... We mentioned uh, a bit of Craig Ferguson recently. Um, yeah, yeah. He's pretty hilarious. Yeah, he's a funny guy. I like his show as well. Just it, it, Nothing seems to happen. Oh, no, no, he, he certainly has a big, long monologue at the start. Uh, yeah, well, it's just like, even the guests that come on, he tends to not talk about their movie or whatever they're promoting. He just basically rambles chat, about yeah. whatever he, the hell he feels like, and I kind of like that. It's a very relaxed show, but it's uh, quite funny. And So, uh, I don't know, doing these shows on a nightly basis, it's obviously quite hard to keep it fresh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive that they can keep it going for so many years as well. Yeah. I do I do like my uh, Letterman. Yeah, I, I don't know, it just uh, tends to drone on a bit. Like, Yeah, true. I, I prefer it once... Uh, I, once he's sat down and starts talking to someone, I find it really good. Mm. I find... And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not... I guess I'm not a monologue guy. Fair enough. I don't like it. Well, yeah, I don't know. A lot of those can come off as uh, quite cheesy and just pandering to, you know, a typical comedy audience or something like that. Aren't as clever as what they, those guys can do. All right, so new releases or stuff coming out. Looks like Duke Nukem Forever is going to have a Doctor Who clone me thing. Yeah, it's like something. there's not a whole lot. Does anyone of big, play that game anymore? There's not a whole lot of big games out, but there was uh, some single player DLC for both Gears of War and Duke Nukem on the Thirteenth, which uh, sounded interesting. The Gears of War thing is a prequel called Ram's Shadow, and so it takes place before the first game. Oh, really? Yeah, and so it's a whole bunch of new characters, not Marcus and Dom and all that. Maybe they're setting up those characters so that then when they make a new game about those characters, everyone knows who they are. Well, there's a few of them, like, I think Ty, Colonel Ty is one of them. He was a big character in the the second game. And I think they can bring back people who have died but been popular. Well, maybe they'll do a a game about Marcus's father. Well, there's certainly a whole bunch of unanswered questions about that. So since this is Gears of War 3 DLC, I'd be surprised if... Adam Phoenix wasn't part of it because that seems like there's a whole bunch of stuff at the end of the game that they hint at but don't really explain. So maybe this is an opportunity for them to explore that a bit. Okay. So that because they're gonna have to go back. They can't. I don't think they'll keep going on. Think they'll uh, be going they, back. They might. I I don't think they can keep going back forever. Well, I thought they were gonna have a game back, so they had like a prologue game. Well, this this might be kind of you know filling that gap, and because it takes place before Gears One, they. Uh, you know, you're filling emergence holes again, which is where you just basically chuck grenades into the uh, holes that the locusts are coming out of, which was a cool element of the first game. That uh, it was, it was certainly like if you if you were quick and good, yeah, you could save yourself a lot of time. Exactly, and uh, save yourself from fighting a whole bunch of guys. Which and then you end up on a train. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, the Duke Nukem Forever. I don't know much about the single player uh, DLC, but they're releasing a pack with some new maps and then some new story stuff, which. Uh, I know it sounds semi-interesting, at least it comes out this week as well. That's pretty cool. Not much else is happening. I know a, um, a DLC came out for NBA 2K12, which was like a 3-on-3, 2-on-2 Legends okay. style. And it was cel-shaded as well. Oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah. Have you been playing that? Or no, I didn't download it. I, I didn't think it was worth the 800 points or however much it was. Yeah, so some of this stuff gets pretty expensive. Yeah, also it um, should be interesting now that the NBA lockout's over. Uh, NBA 2K should be picking up now that there should be uh, certainly a lot of player trades. Mm. That'd be interesting to go through because one of the teams I was playing as, or my character was playing for, they lost their main main guy just retired. <laughs> oh, no. So he was just like out of the roster one next day. Jeez. Wait, what? What happened? Where's he gone? <laughs> it's uh, pretty impressive that they updated it that quickly. Yeah, and there should be some interesting trades. I know uh, two of the biggest players in the game. So one of the best point guards and arguably the best center are looking to move to Lakers. 
well, that's all the talk okay. at the moment. And if they do, I think uh, certainly this year and probably next year and probably the year after, every other team could kiss goodbye winning the winning the championship. You think Lakers are just going to dominate? Well, considering Kobe Bryant's still got a few years and he can score 30 points, no problem. The centre they're going to get is probably the best defensive player in the league and the best centre in the league. And the point guard is one of the better point guards who can comfortably score a lot of points. They'll... They'll have three very, very good players. And they'll have three players that are each on their own merits as good as LeBron James mm. and Dwayne Wade. And you know, Chris Brosh is pretty good. So they're going to they'll take out what was Miami Heat's three guys. So it'll be Kobe Bryant. The point guard they're talking about is Chris Paul. And the center they're talking about is Dwight Howard. And the Chris Paul trade nearly went through. And then it was shut down by the NBA because there's a strange thing where the team that Chris Paul plays for is kind of owned by the NBA. It's quite an odd team. I think they defaulted a while ago when they moved from... Uh, they're in Charlotte. No, they moved out of Charlotte to New Orleans. They were in Charlotte. So it was the Charlotte Hornets. Now they're the New Orleans Hornets. Okay. And so it's a quite a strange situation. Anyway, I won't bore you with more sports <laughs> talk. Also, the cricket's on and Australia's not doing very well against New Zealand, which is kind of upsetting. Anyway, I won't talk about that either. Yeah, I didn't I don't give a shit about cricket. All right, no problem. I like cricket. <laughs> All right. Anyway, thank you very much. Podcast at pressx.com. Do his email if you want to... Have Send us the message. Yeah, I don't think I've checked it, so that may, may not help. But it's probably you know. overflowing with people. I know. That's why it's so hard to get into. Mm, Password breaks because there's so many emails pushing through. I don't know if that's how the internet works, but sure. Oh, you know, the internet, the internet works in strange ways. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Jump on pressx.com.au and check it all out. Jump on the Facebook and stuff like that. Uh, iTunes rating would be nice. Thank you very much. I was Nick. I was Ben. All right. See you later. Enjoy. Bye.